You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. We are broadcasting from the BNY Mellon ETF Symposium in Dana Point, California. I'm Pim Fox. My co-host, Kathleen Hayes. Joining us now is Kieran Kerwin. He is a senior investment strategist for ProShares. Kieran, thanks very much for being here. Great to be here. Smart Beta. You've got to help me understand what exactly this is, because I keep hearing how this is 2016, a big turning point for a smart beta evaluation. How do you describe it to people? Yeah, and I heard you mention before it is a bit of an unfortunate term because it would imply, of course, that if everything other than smart beta would be dumb, and of course, that is, <laughs> exactly. not, uh, that is not the case. But uh, the genie is out of the bottle a little bit, so... We are, uh, to some extent, stuck with that term. You know, I think there's there's two ways to really think about smart beta, um, and it's not really all that complicated. It's been around for a long time, uh, one of which is to just describe it as any type of investment strategy, right, that doesn't rely on a market capitalization weighting. Like the S&P um, 500. Like the S&P 500, which takes its price divided by the shares outstanding and you get a weight, you know, in uh, all these securities. Um, so a simple take on that would be um, the S&P 500 equally weighted. Take all the S&P 500 names and instead of market cap weighting them, uh, you equally weight them. That is by definition one form of smart beta. Um, but really the other uh, way to think about it is investment strategies that look to exploit a so-called factor or thing, a dynamic, a characteristic in the marketplace that have explained returns over time. And I just want you to continue down this path because last a year ago here at Dana Point uh, at the uh, BMI Mellon Conference, I moderated a smart beta panel. So to even understand it, I had to read a lot of different things. And it, it, it's this whole point of looking at returns and then also bringing in quantitative models. How does that part of it work? Sure. It's it's understanding what's driven returns over over time. So uh, understanding things like size, you know, for example, uh, stocks with a smaller size may have delivered uh, performance uh, over time. Things like uh, low volatility, right? Stocks that have uh, demonstrated low levels of volatility over time have, in fact, uh, explained much of stock market returns. So is it a case then where you take, uh, you're still going to have a certain, maybe you take part of the S&P 500 to do something, and you just add in a couple more of these themes or realities to juice up the return that you would have if you didn't have the smartness in there? Sure. So it's, it's applying a specific factor to a uh, group of stocks with the hopes of identifying or tilting your portfolio to get exposure to a particular uh, factor that you may want uh, to exploit in a particular uh, period of time. Dividends, for example, would be a good example. Everybody wants uh, exposure in this type of market environment to companies that pay dividends. So dividends, in a way, are considered a factor. And dividends, in this case, would be the smart beta strategy. Correct. It is one example. There are uh, many factors out there that uh, academics, that practitioners have defined and created investment strategies around. Um, the, the purest kind of definition of smart beta would rely on probably more of a handful 
uh, of factors. Um, but again, in practice, there are many, many factors that are being employed. Okay, over the last year then, since we were here, what's, what are one or two, what are a couple of the smart beta tactics, strategies that have worked especially well? Sure. So I mentioned one of them already, which would be dividends, right? Companies that uh, pay dividends, for example, uh, pe people looking to uh, replace some of their income needs in their portfolio at a time when interest rates are very low. Uh, people are looking for uh, stocks that uh, pay dividends as a way to complement them in their portfolio. Uh, another great example um, would be low volatility stocks, right? And those are kind of different, uh, complementary in some ways, um, and they're more probably risk-focused uh, in nature, meaning that people who are looking to perhaps protect gains in the stock market over the last couple of years are looking to identify stocks that have a low level of volatility in hopes that they will outperform. Now, just to understand a little bit more uh, in, in depth, you can use the smart beta philosophy internally inside the portfolio, correct? I mean, you can say, okay, here's my portfolio. Let's say you are 100%, I'm not suggesting you should, but 100% invested in long biotech. Then you could go and look for an ETF that would mitigate some of the volatility or risk. And as a result, that would work as a smart beta, but within the portfolio, not necessarily worrying about the absolute performance outside. Correct. Yeah, you can employ smart beta strategies in many different contexts in your portfolio. Uh, one way is to enhance returns. Uh, another way is to reduce risks. Um, a third possible application is to get yourself exposure to a particular factor that you may believe, that investors may believe, uh, may be a good time to invest in. So a number of applications to the smart beta uh, phenomenon. Kieran Kerwin, we are definitely smarter about beta than we were before we started this conversation. Kieran is Senior Investment Strategist at ProShares. He's joining me, Kathleen Hayes, and my co-host, Pim Fox, at BNY Mellon's ETF Exchange 16 here in Dana Point, California. This is Bloomberg. <laughs>